Hey friends, before the next episode, I wanted to share a bit more about my virtual recovery community called The Recovery Collective. For less than a cost of one therapy session per month, our members get access to workshops, group coaching with me, cook-alongs, yoga, recipes, meditations, and even a private Facebook community. It is seriously the most fun community in the eating disorder recovery world right now. If your eating disorder is making you feel isolated and alone, this place will lift your spirits and bring you the connection you're looking for. So I ask you to join all of us. Go to recoverycollective.mykajabi.com or you can check out the link in the show notes. I look forward to seeing you inside the collective and enjoy this next episode. You're listening to the Full and Thriving Podcast, a place where courageous women come to break free from food obsession, heal their relationship with their body, and strive to live a life that's present, lighthearted, and meaningful. If you're listening, my wish is that this podcast serves as a catalyst that inspires you to nourish your body, nurture your mind, and energize your spirit. I'm your host, Meg McCabe, a certified life coach and eating disorder recovery coach with a PhD in having a good time. Just kidding about that last part. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Hello everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the show. Today I have the lovely Kate Noel sitting with me to chat all about digestion in recovery. Kate is one of my favorite people in the world. You may have seen her on YouTube or on Instagram, but the most exciting thing is that Kate is now transitioning from role model in the recovery space to recovery professional and coach. And recently she started studying at the Institute of Psychology of Eating to become a professional mind-body eating coach, and she's certified as an eating disorder intuitive therapy coach. She's also a certified meditation instructor. So I'm super proud of Kate watching her transform from someone who shared her recovery journey on YouTube and Instagram to someone who is now helping others. And I just wanted to say that Kate is truly a light on this earth and someone who is a beautiful role model who shows us what's possible at the end of recovery. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode and learn something new. So sit back and enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Full and Thriving Podcast. I am honored here to be with one of my very good friends, Kate Noel. Kate, how are you today? Thank you so much for joining me. I'm good. I love being on your show. I love when you're, I love when we connect. We've connected in so many ways, like in so many different social media platforms. So I feel really excited to be here. It just feels so like natural and easy and I love you. So I'm excited. Well, I love you too. And you are the first repeated guest to be on the show. (laughs) 
Wow. I think the same <laughs> for you was for mine, actually, now that I think of it. You've been on my show twice. I don't yes. think I've had that before. Well, I feel like I really wanted to reciprocate the <laughs> the honor because I was just I was talking to my listeners a little bit and they were mentioning how they're really curious about digestive healing. And I know that you've transitioned from being more of a recovery role model and now you're actually a recovery coach and that you struggled with digestion throughout your recovery process. So I figured I'd invite you back so you could share about this. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like digestion is a fun topic because I feel like not a lot of people go there, but I'm ready to go there. Yes, let's take it there. Let's take it there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I would I was hoping for you to share a little bit about your digestion journey. And I know that in the previous episode re we recorded, you shared your recovery journey, but I would love to look at it through the digestion lens if mm -hmm. possible. So please, please take it away. I'd love to hear. All right. I'll keep it short then, because if, if anyone wants to listen to my recovery story, they're integrated. So you can go back and listen to the first episode we did. But basically, I would say so when I was in my eating disorder, I, I actually don't really remember having too many digestive issues aside from the times that I was abusing laxatives and I was bulimic. Like those two things really were very clearly like physically damaging to my whole body, but mostly my digestive system felt it like right away. So, but when I was not doing those behaviors, I felt like my digestive system was kind of okay. So I really felt like when I started my recovery, that my digestive healing would be pretty easy. I started my recovery from anorexia and because that was kind of like my last eating disorder behavior, I would say was like restricting mm -hmm. only. Mm -hmm. So my eating sort of really evolved. So when I was starting my recovery, I thought, well, my digestive system will be just be fine from this because I already I haven't abused laxatives in a while and I haven't done the bulimia, you know, binge and purge behaviors in a while. So it'll be okay. So I started my weight restoration journey and introducing all foods back in. And honestly, my digestion was really good. I thought it was fine. It was not bothering me. There, of course, were a few days of the week, maybe where I'd be like, oh, I'm kind of bloated, but it wasn't to the point where I felt like it was debilitating and I like couldn't go out. That was probably for the first six months of my recovery journey. After that, something happened. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I mean, I can postulate what it was now, but back then I was like, all of a sudden I just can't poop or I'm pooping too much, or I'm, I'm bloated every single day. I can't go out because I have gas and I was burping. Like, it was just like, I felt like I, nothing was working and it was giving me so much anxiety. Because it felt like I was doing all of the right things as far as my recovery goes. But then there's like my body felt like it was telling me that I was doing the wrong thing. So it was just really confusing. And my digestion journey basically from there on out was I went to treatment. I had a dietitian, and I remember her really talking to me about my digestion a lot. And then I had a dietitian outside of treatment. And I also ended up seeing like a holistic doctor who ended up giving me like a supplement protocol. She had me on low FODMAP. I had a colonoscopy. I saw a GI doctor. 
So I had like, I just tried everything I felt like. And now at this point, I feel I've really learned a lot and my digestion is definitely on the mend and it's much better than it was a year ago, two years ago. And when, like I said, when I started my recovery, it was, it was fine until that like six month mark. So it's been really good and I can tell I'm on the right direction. So I feel really blessed and I have lots of ideas and I actually work with clients one-on-one and a lot of people do see me with digestive problems as well. So I feel good. And I feel like I'm in a good spot now, but it did take a while to get here. I feel like digestion is so mysterious and confusing and complicated, especially if you have an eating disorder. And I could only imagine how confused you must have been after you kind of started incorporating all foods again, doing all the like the right things for recovery, but then your body was just having this adverse reaction. Do you have any idea why you said you had a few guesses why (laughs) you felt like your body was out of whack? Um, What were your thoughts on that? Digestion is actually such a powerful thing. Like I think we undermine ourselves and Mm -hmm. our digestive system, like we're literally taking something outside of ourselves and asking our bodies to turn it into ourselves. Like we're taking something outside and we are energetically saying like, I'm choosing to live on this earth. I need to digest this food. You have to, I mean, digestion is such an energy giver, but when we're in eating disorders mindset and consciousness, it can be like an energy drainer because we feel like we have, I have lots of reasons why I think you can, your digestive system can be talking to you (laughs) and in a maybe negative way, but anytime we're in an eating disorder, we're in a state of depletion and stress and not living in abundance, not living in safety. We're living in fear and our digestive system cannot function when we are living in a state of fear. And so when we're in recovery, I think what can happen is we kind of feel like we can't be patient with our bodies. You know, we can't give ourselves that recovery time. Like recovery on a physical level is just as important as like mental recovery. And we can't fast track that. And I think a lot of us want to. So what happens is we want our, we want to wake up one day and have no eating disorder, perfect digestion, have our periods, like have everything we want, have our set point. Like we have, we want these things now. So if we, we just have to be patient and keep feeding our bodies and keep going in that right direction. So I honestly think that mostly people, including me, just get kind of impatient. And when something is wrong, like if I have, like, like I said, I, there was a a day that I woke up and I felt like, wow, I'm actually not really doing that well in my digestion. And I probably literally waited like a week before I started to like self-medicate, go on Google, start getting myself stressed out. Like I, I immediately went into body distrust. You know what I mean? I didn't even sit with it for a minute. And I think our bodies, I know our bodies are just talking to us. Our digestive system is a great communicator. So instead of me really like sitting with the discomfort and just leaning into it and working through it, I thought, okay, there's something wrong with me. I have to be fixed. So it was just like a very, that's, that's my ideas. Of course I have biological, physiological reasons why I think you could have 
a weak digestive system or a struggling digestive system, but energetically, I feel that that's what it is for most people. Wow. I'm so glad I asked that question because I did not know that that was really what you think happened. I mean, it's such a good point to, to not be so reactive to what's happening in our body right away. Like it is important to sit with the discomfort at times. And if you spring into action and start fixing things and self-medicating, that can cause so much more harm than good. And yeah, I didn't think that was what you're going to say. So I'm glad you shared that. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's like, there's, there's always a reason for it. And I think a lot of times we're afraid we have to know that reason right now, but the reason your digestive system could be just kind of floppy (laughs) sometimes in recovery could be just because you need a little reminder that you don't want to go back into your eating disorder because your body will suffer like mentally, physically, you will suffer. So, I mean, sitting through it is really important and Mm -hmm. yeah. Would you say that the digestive issues triggered old eating disorder thoughts or behaviors? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. I did. They did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, it's so hard to like, because diet culture is also like somehow conquering digestion now, like somehow they've conquered it all. And now digestion is like diet culture (laughs) and people, people can't be bloated like ever, or they can't have any sensation in their stomachs or their anything, you know? Mm. And nowadays too, it's like interesting because there's so many like up and like new kind of like diseases that are being presented. Whereas like, I think when we're in eating disorder mentality or diet mentality, we like to label ourselves as being like, Oh, I have IBS. So like, I can't eat this and I can't eat that. Mm. And I think it's, if you have a diagnosed IBS, of course that is valid. But I think a lot of us can assume that we are like diseased and in a state of disease and we can't trust our bodies. So, yeah, I mean, of course, like when you go on Google and you search like how to help your constipation, they're not going to be an eating disorder recovery lens. It's going to be like cut out gluten, cut out dairy. It's inflammatory. Intermittent fasting even is like something that people say. So it's like, I don't know, diet culture just sucks. And they, and they've just (laughs) seeped into every part of, anything health related, including digestion. So people are are not sitting with their discomfort. People are just trying to fix it, like band-aid solution, you know? Mm -hmm. So true. And it's so frustrating to think about how diet culture just infiltrates every corner of the health world. Like Mm -hmm. you're trying to heal digestion and then they're giving you all these restrictive diets or elimination diets to try. And that's not supportive of eating disorder recovery whatsoever. Exactly. Exactly. And not only the diet culture stuff, but but same with just my own recovery. Like, yes, if I ate something that, and I felt like bloated in an hour, I'd be like, well, I can't eat that food. Like I should be afraid of that food. And it's almost, it's so hard to not go into that mentality because of Mm, our past. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Oh my gosh, there's so many directions I want to take this right now, but I did, I was hoping for you to explain a bit about why someone's digestion Mm -hmm. might slow down when they're in the midst of an eating disorder. Yes. Okay. I'm going to go through a little list. So these are, this is not everything. This is just some ideas. So number one is 
when we feed ourselves more, like if refeeding and weight restoration is a part of your recovery journey and we haven't been feeding ourselves regularly, consistently, we haven't been eating dense enough foods, our digestive system is is a muscle. So it needs to work. It needs to have something to work with or it's going to become weak. So just the physics, I guess, of <laughs> digestion is like, if you don't feed yourself regularly, your muscles will become weak. Just like if you don't walk mm. or if you don't train your muscles in any sort of way, like they will deplete and they will not work anymore. So when we start to feed ourselves meals, breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, dessert, like <laughs> it's all, usually it can feel and be more food or more frequently than people are used to, their bodies are used to. So that's like a big reason why. And the solution to that is to just keep eating and keep feeding your body, keep showing up with food and our bodies want to heal. Like our digestive system wants to heal. It's not going to be mad at you for feeding it. Um, so mm. even if you feel bloated, you saying, I'm going to keep feeding you, you're going to keep having to work is like working through that in itself. So that's super important to like not skip meals. Mm. And I will say, if you're very uncomfortable, if you're so uncomfortable that you're like, I can't even imagine eating right now, of course, there's like some easier foods that you can give yourself and as opposed to skipping a meal. So like, having some white rice, having some bread, having some eggs, like there are foods that are more nourishing than skipping a meal. So if you feel like I really just cannot even imagine, obviously, like, that's something I feel like you should work with somebody on because mm -hmm. it can get restrictive if you, but the best thing you can do is just keep feeding yourself. You can decide if you want to keep that in or not. I don't, I don't care if you want to take okay, it Okay. Yeah. No, it's so interesting. And I love that you put it so simply. Like your digestive tract is basically a muscle that needs to be worked out. And it also wants to do its job. Yeah. And how yeah. simple is that? Like the only way you can allow your digestive system to really do its job well is to mm -hmm. feed it regularly. Yeah. And I also want to mention a few more if, that, if that's okay. Of course. They kind of go with that too. So another thing is on a cellular level, on like just the basic cells of your body, they all need minerals and nutrients to mm -hmm. renew themselves, to repair themselves. You will have, your cells will die if you don't feed them. And a lot of people have like, this thing that's called leaky gut, which you've probably heard of it, which basically means your digestive system is permeable. So your intestines are not, they're very rigid and they have almost like holes in them, which sounds really dramatic, but they're <laughs> obviously very small. But essentially, who really knows what's going on there? Like the term leaky guts kind of, who knows what's really going on? But it is true that your cells, to, in order to repair, need nutrients. Mm -hmm. So even not just your muscular strength of your stomach, colon, large intestine, which is your colon, small intestine, you also need to give yourself nutrients and minerals in order for your cells to repair and heal and generate. So mm -hmm. that's really important too. If we aren't giving ourselves food and nutrients and minerals to generate new cells, then we're just going to be stuck with our 
eating disorder cells <laughs> with those. Oh, we, <laughs> we don't want that. <laughs> wow. I, that's kind of mind blowing to think about. Like you have an opportunity to regenerate the cells of your body by yeah. feeding yourself. And if you want to change from on a cellular level, that's another motivation for nourishment. Mm-hmm. And your digestive system is not the only thing that's going to repair. I mean, you're going to have full body hormonal brain power. You're going to have like your whole body, your skin, everything is going to renew itself when you properly feed it and nourish it. So that's another one. <laughs> love it. I love your list. So okay. Far. I'll keep going. The third thing I think could be happening and none of these are exclusive. So I probably had all these. So <laughs> <laughs> another thing is sometimes when we have restrictive eating, eating disorders, we have safe foods and we don't really branch out to new foods and we can just kind of eat the same types of foods or the same types of things every day. And that will result in not having a good microbiome, like a diverse microbiome. Mm. So we need to be eating lots of different types of foods. And we're meant to have not just safe foods, I would say, and uh, lots of different fruits, vegetables, dairy, meats, eggs, cheese, like there's so many types of foods that will help our microbiome be diverse. And so that's another kind Mm. of simple one. Yeah. Yeah. The microbiome is like really trendy right now. And like a lot of people take probiotics, which I'm not against probiotics if you are taking them for the right reasons. And if you talk to your doctor and everything or work with somebody, but again, with the eating disorder types of people like me, when I had my issues start with digestion, I really thought, okay, I have to go buy a probiotic. Whereas I couldn't trust my body that I would just feed it a diverse and nourishing diet and it would actually be able to generate a healthy microbiome because our bodies can do that they can generate a healthy and diverse microbiome we just have to again feed it nourishing foods Mm. and not deplete it and it's interesting because the good bacteria there's like good and bad bacteria there's pathogens and good bacteria probiotics so they are good bacteria have the capacity to really thrive and take over. It's not like I think a lot of people eating disorders think that they're destined to have this weak microbiome and their bad bacteria is taking over. Like that's like a very strong language that's in like the world right now of SIBO. Do you know Mm. what that is, SIBO? Not really, no. Okay. SIBO stands for small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. And it's something that I've seen, I have clients that have SIBO and it's basically when you're, so your large intestine is supposed to hold almost all of your bacteria. There's a lot of bacteria in your small, or sorry, in your large intestine. Actually, this is a fun fact. Even if we did restrict our food and we didn't eat, we would still poop bacteria. Like it's wild. <laughs> Just saying. That is wild. <laughs> but that's not healthy and don't do that. We have a lot of bacteria. So it, what can happen is it can travel up to your small intestine. If there's an overgrowth, that's like the language that's used. And I think a lot of people gets, and I had that too. I I got diagnosed with SIBO and it scared me because I thought, wow, my, my colon is not able to like handle what's going on. And it made me feel like, again, I couldn't trust my body. So I think we can just feel like we can't trust that our bodies want to heal, but in reality, 
the good bacteria is much stronger than the bad bacteria. And if we feed it prebiotics and probiotic rich foods, which is basically any plant food um, and easy to digest minerals and nutrients, then it will ultimately be able to heal itself and we'll have mm. a good microbiome that's good for our bodies instead of like looking on the counter at whole foods on the shelf and being like, which one of these millions of probiotics do I need for my body? Because it's really overwhelming. Yeah, that's such a good point. I think we really don't give our bodies enough credit. We kind of dumb them down. Like we, it's like we're parents that don't trust their kids to do their homework or something like that. It's like our bodies are fully equipped and trained. They've been like training your entire life to do this for you. And then one day you wake up and you're like, I think I need to take over control of my microbiome and ingest all, ingest new probiotics. And I think that makes us forget that our bodies are designed to do that in the first place. Yeah. And like energetically, like I know I keep talking energetically, but I used to be like supplement girl, like, oh my gosh, I got to go take all my supplements. But And I still like love supportive supplements. You are taking them for the right reasons and everything, but I wasn't taking them for the right reasons. And so I just felt like taking something externally and being like, body, you need to listen to me and do this and work in this way is putting yourself in like a stress state and you can't heal in a stress state. Mm -hmm. So I just think it's important to remember, like our ancestors didn't do that. They, They couldn't go to like the store and get like, a capsule of, of bacteria for their intestines. Like they, they had to just sit and heal and they did it. So. Mm, such a good point. It's always useful to look back at ancestry and recognize that diet culture has really hijacked the way we feel like we need to heal and the yeah. way we need to eat. Like I was saying this in a different episode, my ancestors, I'm Irish. They basically ate potato meat and potatoes and probably no vegetables. And a lot of them survived. Like my grandparents lived until their nineties. So we think our diet has this big potential and we can manipulate it to control our health. But in reality, there's so much more that goes into it than, than diet. Yeah. There's so many aspects of health that we aren't looking into, like financial health, social health connection, Mm -hmm. just like connection to our ancestors, like you said, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. So yes, yes. All super important. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say a few more than, then, cause I, I have to say them because they're, I think they're just as important, but okay. Awesome. Okay. The, the next one is that lots of diet foods. So like low fat, low carb, halo top quest bar, all those diet foods and diet, everything has a lot of artificial ingredients in it that aren't actually supportive to our digestive system. So like a lot of artificial sweeteners, like those will make you gurgly. Okay. Those those will make you fart. So (laughs) I don't recommend. And it's interesting because we eating disorder consciousness makes us or dieting consciousness makes us feel like those are the better choice, but our bodies aren't really meant to break that kind of stuff down all the gums and artificial anything. Yeah. Especially like diet foods really have a lot of those in there. Like if you look on the back of a diet food ingredient list, which I don't recommend doing, but like, if you were to do that, 
I mean, I don't recommend looking at ingredients really in recovery unless you feel like you're in a stage where you're not like tempted to skip. So I don't know if you're looking at an in- ingredient list in a diet food, it's usually tons of stuff. You're like, I don't even know what this is. Like it's super long list. And those things aren't supportive for your digestive system and your health and your body can't really digest that kind of stuff. Cause it knows that it's a diet food and it doesn't like that. (laughs) That's another one. (laughs) That is a really good point too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I said this already, but just being in a stress state and having like toxic beliefs about food in your body is going to put your body in fight or flight. And in fight or flight mode, we cannot digest food. Mm -hmm. So being chronically stressed is a state that I was in when I was in my eating disorder and even in my recovery. So I had to really take a few deep breaths before eating, sit down with my meals, really appreciate them, look at them, and not have these constant, you know, really work through those constant beliefs of like, this bread will make me fat. And like, if you have that toxic, false belief, then you're not going to be able to assimilate that, those nutrients and that food, it's going to be heavy in your body, you know, it's not going to feel right. And so working through that's really important. Yes, it's so helpful to look at food through a lens of what this can do for you, even if it's just merely providing quick energy, or the nutrients that it provides. So even if you look at something in diet culture that's deemed unhealthy, thinking about all the nutrients in it anyway, and what you're giving yourself by having that food. And I feel like that would help decrease the stress around the food and also change those beliefs that you might have had that were toxic. Yeah. And if you do have those beliefs, just exposing yourself to that food and surviving the anxiety and surviving, that's kind of a typical like exposure therapy for like fear foods or food rules surviving the anxiety. Yeah. You're going to be in a stressed state, but the more you do it, the more relaxed you can be and the more your digestive system can heal. So it's not like, I know that sounds kind of easy, like don't have those beliefs, but (laughs) that's what I'm, that's what I mean with like sitting with the discomfort and being okay with having like a not perfect digestive system. Cause in reality, nobody has a perfect digestive system. Even people who poop every day and it's fine. Like they have days where they're not feeling their best. So Mm. just sitting through the discomfort and continuing to show your body that you can feed it and it can trust you and that Mm. it's going to be okay. I love that. And I wanted to share this thought too. Discomfort in your body can be a neutral experience. And I think when we resist that, that neutrality and we, we try to assign meaning to it, like, this discomfort is bad. I should not be bloating. And we resist and resist and resist. That just causes more obsession over it, more stress in the body, and probably a worse digestive response. You're so right. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. It's like kind of a reminder. I know I said this already too, but it's kind of a reminder to not restrict because your body is like, if you restrict or if you have this eating disorder, you're depleting me. And you should, we can actually shift the narrative. And for me, this was really a pivotal moment is like being happy that my body was talking to me. Cause a lot of us, like 
we're, we're like mad because our bodies aren't talking to us. Like we're like, we don't have our hunger cues. We have extreme hunger. We have, we can't sleep. Like, but when our digestive system is talking to us, that's when we're like, ah, shit, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> but I feel like we should be really grateful. Like, thank goodness it's saying something to you because it's just body literacy. It's just like a learning experience that you can gather information from. And like you said, it doesn't have to be black and white. It can just be a moment or a day or a month or a week, whatever it may be, where you're just like, I'm just going to sit with this discomfort and see and see that my body can do this and can handle this and can work through it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I think that's such a wonderful way to think about it. And I've never really thought about it in that way. I did not struggle with a ton of digestion issues. So hearing the way you put it is really nice, which is, it's just another opportunity for your body to communicate with you and for that, so that you can receive that, those messages from your body, which is awesome. And it's important to sit with that as well and not jump into trying to interpret too too mm-hmm. quickly or turn to the internet to interpret what that might mean. Yeah. And I want to mention too, it's not like I think that if we are like, for example, there's a point where of course you can take measures that are more, I would say like clinical or measures that are a little bit more solution-based. Like let's say you're three years into your recovery and you're like, okay, I'm still struggling. Like, of course there's things that you can try and there's things that you can do, but doing it from a place of self-love and a place of building yourself up and not like hating your digestive system into change, but loving your digestive system Mm -hmm. into change is like very different. And I think you have to be recovered in order to do that. There's just way too many messages, messages that are eating disorders try and take over. They Mm -hmm. try and tell us these things. So I feel like, of course, there's things you can do, but in recovery, that's where I think is really important to that's just another one of those recovery challenges. <laughs> like they all happen at once and you're like, okay, might as well have this too. <laughs> that is such a good point. Like if you're going to be taking action to attempt to heal your digestion, you need to ask yourself, is this coming from a place of love or is it coming from a place of fear? And if it's coming from an authentic place of love, maybe it is the right thing to try out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, if this, if, if you're going to self-experiment with things, then if it doesn't give you the results you want, like, how are you going to react to that? Are you going to be like really upset? Are you going to go into a spiral? So you think you just have to be really prepared. Of course, I feel like it's good to work with somebody or like talk to your GI doctor who like knows about your history. Like there's always things that you can do to really best prepare if you yes. feel like you want to do some self-experimenting, but it's so easy to go and go to the store, go online and like buy all these things, you know, it's like way too easy to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And we always want to keep our eating disorders in check. So I think your recommendation about you know, bouncing the idea off of your GI doc or your coach or a dietitian might be the better way to go instead of just blindly taking action because you heard someone in diet culture talk about it and how it worked for them. Cause we know that everybody's body is different 
and your outcome might not be the same as someone else's. And that's part of your healing journey too. You know, that's why our bodies are so beautiful in the first place. Yeah, they really are. So I had another question for you, Kate, Mm -hmm. when you're going through all of this and you're experiencing these like digestive issues and food anxiety, and how did you like discern or distinguish your eating voice and your food anxiety from actual legitimate food sensitivities? Were you able to do that? What was the process like? Mm, Yeah, to be honest, I didn't do that for a while. And I was very confused because like there was like a month once this was like a couple of years ago, this is pre COVID, but there was like a month once I was really struggling. And I was like, I'm desperate. I'm just going to go gluten free. But I also that month, stopped seeing this one client that was really stressful when I was, when I was doing fit modeling. And I also was sleeping better. And I also was on a different state, like my cycle was becoming more regular. So I thought that my digestive system was better because I went gluten-free. So I made that narrative in my mind that, okay, I have to be gluten-free, but I didn't take into account literally everything else that was going on in my life. And I didn't like, so yes, you're right. I did have certainly have moments where I, I really reduced my struggles into like an eating disorder thought. And like, Mm -hmm. I'll happily admit it because I don't want other people to do it because then, (laughs) then all of a sudden you're gluten-free. Like in my case, I was gluten-free. And then the following week I had a terrible digestive system, even though I was gluten-free. So a solution I had made for myself that I thought was working, wasn't working anymore. So that's Mm -hmm. the problem with the eating disorder thoughts and the making like the self-experimenting or making those choices is that you can get really disappointed when it doesn't end up being the solution that you thought it was. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of feel like you're taking like two steps back. So yeah. yeah, I would just say at the end of the day, if you can trust your recovery more than your like digestive healing journey more, you're probably in a better spot. Ooh, I like that. Trust your recovery more than your digestive healing journey more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's way more because why do you have the digestive symptoms? You have them because of your eating disorder, most likely because of those thoughts and behaviors. And so it's kind of just makes sense, I guess. It's hard in the moment though, when you're making those decisions and you feel like crap, like it's really hard. It's not easy. Wow. I love that. So I was wondering also, what were some of the turning points for you when you were on your digestion journey? Mm -hmm. Some of the turning points for me were kind of ones I've already explained. Like Mm. I did this supplement protocol and I had to take all these supplements. Well, I, I chose to take all of them. It was very expensive and it ended up not really working for me. Like it ended up feeling, I just didn't feel hundred percent. I had, it felt like it was more stress on me. And I also was doing this low FODMAP diet, which is like basically the IBS diet which is very restrictive. And it, it was also overwhelming. And then I just felt so disappointed in myself. This was probably a couple of years ago. And I felt super disappointed in myself and my body. And I just was like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to 
try anything else. I'm not going to keep taking these supplements. I'm not going to go on this or keep doing this low FODMAP diet or whatever. I'm just going to go back to intuitive eating, go back to like the real recovery, the recovery that inspired me and inspired my body because all these things I'm doing is not inspiring me or my body. It's not, it's not giving me energy. It's depleting me of energy. It's taking up my time. All these pills I had to, I was like forcing myself to swallow and it was just way too much to think about. And I just was like, I'm depleting myself again. Like I'm kind of going back into a state of depletion. It wasn't a state of like eating disorder depletion, but it was a similar energy. So I just Mm. thought this is not, this is not working for me. You know, it's not, it's not going to help. It's not helping. So I just kind of gave all that up and just kind of started back of eating what I wanted. I was starting to go out to eat again and not feeling like I had the menu anxiety about like the certain FODMAP foods and I was eating whatever I wanted. And it was incredible. It was such a healing, pivotal moment. So that really shaped me a lot. Yeah. It was like you gave up control in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Another one, same, same kind of along the same lines is I used to be like very disappointed if I like didn't poop. Like if I didn't (laughs) wake up, have my coffee and poop, I was like so upset, like to the point where I I would be in tears. I would be like cranky, like a cranky baby, like a toddler. Like I couldn't even like get, keep myself together. It was like so annoying to me. And I just really slowly had to work on that. And if I like didn't poop, (laughs) I was like, I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to try. I'm just going to like be okay with it. And it slowly, slowly got easier. And there was one day I remember I woke up and I didn't go poop. (laughs) Just really getting to know me. I didn't poop. (laughs) And I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like I'm actually totally going to be fine. Like, yeah, I'll probably be a little bloated. Maybe my stomach will feel kind of like pressure. I mean, whatever, but I'm going to be fine. And the next day I was like, I felt great. Like I was fine. So that was a moment too. Mm. That was like a, that was really hard for me though. That was like a very hard moment or like those months that I was really trying to get over that control was very difficult. I totally get what you mean. And it, it kind of reminds me how, we depend on external things to tell us how to feel. Like you're like, oh, if I poop today, it's going to be a great day. <laughs> yeah. But in reality, like maybe your body doesn't want to poop that day, which is hilarious that I'm saying the word poop on my podcast. I know. I'm like, did you think this was going to happen with digestion? Were you prepared? <laughs> <laughs> I did have a feeling. I, I was prepared mentally for this. Uh, okay. Um, I'm sorry to your editor. <laughs> just like oh. you are the first person to be a repeat guest and you're also the first person to say fart and poop on the podcast oh my gosh yes <laughs> where's my award <laughs> it's amazing. I, but but back to what I was saying though like I think we depend on these things outside of ourselves to like like just like weighing yourself like yeah. looking for that little thing to say like oh today's gonna be a good day or I'm I'm living life the right way or whatever mm-hmm. when in reality you're fine like whether the number on the scale mm-hmm. changes or you go to the bathroom that day or not you're gonna mm-hmm. be fine and it's really relieving to not assign so much meaning to those things 
Yeah. And I think for my eating disorder, one of my thoughts I had was that I had to be better than other people. Like I needed to be the thinnest person in the room. I needed to be like, like, I think that a lot of times we can get kind of in a trap in recovery. I kind of see this with like orthorexia where people are like, okay, I'm not going to have an eating disorder anymore, but I still need to be like the healthiest, best version of myself. And that means I have to poop every day. That means I have to eat a certain way. Like, so I think for my, like, I remember reading online, the average person, like a normal bathroom habits are going poop either once it's like one to three days. And I remember being like, well, I'm not in that, I'm not in that range. Like, there's no way I'm in that range. Like I'm the type of person to go every single day. <laughs> and I still think that that was like a shift I had to experience and be like, you know what? I'm cool with being a part of the average. Like we're a part of the average here. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be this in that way. I don't know. It also was tied with modeling. Honestly, that was like another thing. So mm-hmm. stopping modeling really also helped honestly, my digestive system. Wow. Yes. Yeah. That is so interesting how you saw it as a marker of kind of your ED saw it as a marker of being better than everyone else, which is messed up, but our brains do that sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, we like to take it in that way. So yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It's very (laughs) honest of you to share all this stuff. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I think we can start to wrap this up, but I did want to ask you if you have any overall tips or advice for those who are just beginning their digestive journey in recovery. Yeah. I'll give you like like super practical tips because I know I've been kind of in the realm of, I don't know, mindset transformation. And it can be (laughs) kind of like, what do I do? (laughs) I love a hot water bottle. I love a heating pad or a hot water bottle. If you're feeling like you need a little love and a little internal hug, give yourself an actual hug, uh, like, like wrap yourself in a hug and put a little warm water bottle or heating pad on your tummy and just do some deep breathing. That really helps in moments where I feel really like I'm in pain. Another one is to really relax into your meals. Like I said, we can't digest when we're in a stress state. So if we're typically eating in the car, if we're fast eating, if we are unconsciously eating our food, if we're eating while we're watching TV for every meal, distracted, those are ways that we can put our body in more stress. So we need to prime our systems for fuel for food which can look like taking a few deep breaths, saying some gratitude and really like, I know it sounds weird, but like connecting with your food because the digestive system actually starts, your digestion starts outside of your body. So like, if you look at a food, that's really tasty, you'll start salivating. It's actually called your cephalic phase digestive response. And it literally primes your taste buds. It gets like enzymes flowing, like if you kind of like touch, I can't remember where it is, but I think it's like by your lymph nodes. If you kind of touch right there, you'll start salivating because it's like a part of your digestive oh, system. Cool. So like your eyes, your nose, your senses, like get your senses involved with eating and really be mindful. Try your best to slow down when you can. And that will be hugely beneficial. Like people really undermine that. 
Another tip I have is to make sure you're sleeping. It sucks because digestion and sleep are kind of like, they kind of fight each other. It seems sometimes like if we're not sleeping well, we don't have good digestion. If we don't have good digestion, we can't really fall asleep. So do your best to just have like proper sleep hygiene and try and get some sleep. And um, yeah, just, I, I think meditating really helped me a lot. Like just mindful movement, like movement is very healthy for the digestive system, but there's a definitely a point where you can take it too far. So after I eat, I love to just like lay down, like let the digestive system do its thing, try and relax. But also like if you lay on the couch all day and you're not moving your legs and not moving your body, like take a walk too. That's also important. So just finding that balance. Yeah. I think that's all I'll Mm -hmm. say for now because everything else is, there's so much you can do, but I don't want to like overwhelm people. I think yeah, those were wonderful tips because they're things that people can do today, just simple, easy things. And I, because I am a coach, I like to give people different ways to leave this podcast feeling like they have a little bit more empowerment to take action, to just heal and get better. So that was perfect. Or it was great. Thank you so much for all those tips. And Kate, I just want to say thank you so much for being a guest on the show. You are a true light and joy as a person and as a role model and a coach. And I'm just so grateful to have you today. Thank you. (laughs) You're so sweet. You have changed my life for the better. I love you so much. And I'm really grateful that you're in this recovery space. And I know that you're just touching so many lives and like changing people's lives and supporting people like me. So thank you. So You're much. so welcome. I love you too. Have a <laughs> wonderful rest of your day, Kate. You too. <laughs> thank you.